Welcome to Postscript. My name is Dave. Uh, I am one of the pastors here at Compass Point, and we are talking about Sabbath again this week. And when I say we, I mean Paul. How are you doing, Paul? I'm doing good. Great. And Chris, how are you doing? Dave. Yeah, glad to be here. Oh, it is so good to have you both here. Uh, I am so excited to dive into this again. I hope you've been listening along, uh, been present with us on Sunday morning as we have been exploring this in the new year. Um, Feels like lots of excitement, lots of curiosity, lots of apprehension. Yeah. Um, Chris, you got to preach on Sunday. Uh, You got to kind of walk us through this second week. So the first week we did stop, and then this week we talked about rest, among other things. Want to give us a little recap? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, we were really excited to dive into this uh, topic of rest. Uh, I shared a personal story, you know, that for me, uh, the stopping part of Sabbath was something that I'd become relatively good at. I was Mm. able to set aside work and and take some time to slow down. Um, But what I was finding is that I was kind of leaning into practices like, you know, sleeping or watching TV or eating lots of, you know, unhealthy foods or things like that, which, you know, brought me some delight, but maybe always left me feeling still a little worn out at the end. Like Mm. I really, I really didn't have the intentionality around it. And I was still kind of, you know, doing the yard work and doing this thing, driving this person, this place, and, you know, just kind of keeping pretty busy. Um, and so as I was reflecting on that, it was a good week for me to be diving into to looking into this idea of rest because what I began to realize is that Sabbath really isn't kind of just a, uh, a time to recover from exhaustion. I don't really think that's how God decided it to be, but it was more a time, you know, to actually have some intentional, uh, things that I would include in my life that would bring me joy, you know, places where I'd be able to connect with him, um, and, 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 you know, worship and, and those kind of things. And so I think that was a good um, conversation for me to be thinking through and then a great conversation for us to have together as we kind of continue to, to talk about Sabbath and try to practice in our lives as a church. Yeah, so, so rest, you're saying, and you said on Sunday, is not, uh, it's not recuperating, it's not recovering. Um, it's maybe not even relaxing, right? Like it's not kind of this self-indulgent. And I think that's right. what we th- we think vacation. We think, yeah, you made yeah. a comment. No one's invited you out on their yacht. So if anyone <laughs> no. listening has a yacht, you got to invite Chris now. Yeah, that's right. Um, but, but that's not Sabbath, which is, uh, which is funny. I mean, you, you talk about it having a little more intention. Right. Um, how do we, how do we hold that intention? Because it feels like to me, having more intention requires work. Right. Right. And like if we're stopping from work, how is it that we need to work to intentionally rest? Sure. Yeah. Well, we talked about that a little bit on Sunday as well. You know, one of the things that we learned from uh, reading the New Testament is that before Sabbath, there was a day of preparation. Right. And so one of the things we challenged people to consider was, would it be possible to take a couple of hours, you know, the day before or the afternoon before I begin Sabbath just to prepare? Mm. Uh, maybe that's, you know, preparing some food or doing those last minute chores or shopping or tidying or whatever, so that I can become a little more free during that Sabbath time. And I want to clarify too, you know, just because Sabbath has some intention doesn't mean that it can't be a time that's full of relaxation and, and joy and delight. And, you know, we're going to be talking about that as we go through the series. So I want to be really clear about that. Yeah. And I think one of the things you said on Sunday that was most impactful for me was uh, the statement that it's not just our experience that shape us, it's the reflection of, on those experiences. And I think, you know, Dave, one of your questions is like, how do we get there? Mm -hmm. I think one of the big things for us is how do we, what, what is our evaluation look like in the sense that, am I becoming a more restful? full person. Right. And I think, you know, we're going to get into this idea of rest and in, in, as this act of resistance. But I think that there's a restlessness that's in our, our souls and in yeah. our lives, uh, 
whether that's self-inflicted because of our own our own calendars or it's inflicted on us because of our circumstances or life or whatever's happening mm -hmm. but it's all comes from this restlessness and really you know i think that the goal here when it comes to what sabbath is you know if you want to broaden it away from like not just about re recuperation it's about creating a uh, uh, a level of restfulness in my whole life. And so the question is, how do we like get into this? I think when we look back, you know, on Monday and say, do I feel more restful today <laughs> or rested or, and that's, I think what you said is even though you did some things during that day in your own personal experience, you didn't come away feeling right. like, you know, rested. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. And can so we, you can almost just evaluate as the way you can tell whether it's working or not, you know? Yeah. So it's not about, oh, I need to add one more thing. It's like, hey, I'm still not feeling restful. Hmm. And that's the question that we respond to when we think about the next Sabbath. Right. Mm -hmm. So can we talk about rest as resistance a yeah, little bit? Yeah, let's do it. Resistance. Because oh, I think... I love that idea. Yeah. Like, and I, like, I think, okay, this, this week's title was rest, but I think it's rest and resistance. Right. Really, so much of this is resistance. Yeah, yeah. and I yeah. would say, I mean, you're, I'd love to hear as you've been unpacking this, but this is really something that we've been experiencing as we've been looking at a, an organization called Practicing the Way yep. Um, yep. that's down in the U.S. that put together some material, and so if you want to look that up on your own, you're welcome to kind of dig into that as well, but anyways. Just yeah, they, as we, they're doing a great podcast that yeah. kind of has the same four keywords that we're using. And that's where I first heard the idea of resistance, yeah. and I thought that really impacted me. Absolutely. There's a little book uh, Walter Brueggemann wrote, uh, Old Testament theologian, about this idea. And so that's another place you could go to read. But you know, I really was captivated by this concept, which um, you know, as we look at scripture, we see this kind of biblical basis for it uh, in the Exodus uh, description of Sabbath. This idea that the Israelites were called to take a holiday every week to remember that they had freedom from their um, the the Egyptian slavery that they suffered, yeah. um, and it was kind of this reminder that like they were no longer oppressed by a system that kind of told them like that they were just there to produce, mm. um, and neither were they to become oppressive of the foreigners that residing were residing in their towns or even of their animals, you know, to kind of force them to produce seven days a week, twenty four hours a day. Can I just like repeat what you just yeah. said there? That every week we get a holiday. Yeah that reminds us that we're free, right? Yeah, yeah. That's that's something, that's pretty profound, right? When you think it about is. it. It is, and that's Anyways. really the basis of this idea of resistance. It's that, you know, there is pressure culturally to, to be busy, to keep moving, to accomplish, to hold all the balls together and up in the air. And there's also pressure internally that we feel. Um, to be able to hold down the, the responsibilities of family life and work life and you know friendships and all this kind of stuff. And all those things are valid and legitimate and important. But it's this idea that we actually have freedom in Christ, knowing that God is our shepherd who cares for us and loves us and sustains us and is faithful and that he holds all things together. And so we don't necessarily have to feel that we alone carry that burden, but we can take you know, this time to rest um, this time to remember our freedom, to remember this rhythm that God has put in, in the creation um, and, and leave those things to him. It's kind of like uh, almost I think of it like if you have keys, you know, for your car, kind of take them out of the ignition, hand them to God for 24 hours and then he can give them back to you, you know, mm -hmm. after and you can keep driving. OK. And, and if I'm honest, like you talk about it and I'm like, that sounds kind of nice. Right. I guess. But like I like driving myself. Right. Like, I think mm -hmm. this is part of it. And we've talked on this podcast extensively about control and idolatry. And, and I, I think kind of at the root of 
me wanting to be God, me saying, okay, God, you can have this corner of my life, but actually I want to hold on to this is this thing that I want to control. And I think this is part of what's scary about Sabbath is done right. You're painting a picture where like I have to fully recognize and fully practice the fact that I am not in control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is like, you know, yeah, okay, sure, I guess. But like, I kind of want control. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that's something that I think I heard a lot. And this has been one of the biggest, um, uh, you know, sort of responses to what we've been talking about with the Sabbath. I've heard lots of people responding in all kinds of different ways, but one of the ones that's, that's has the hardest questions is, well, I'm not looking to, you know, to succeed or to achieve or to be the best or whatever. I'm not like, and I think in our minds, we have this idea of like, you know, this capitalism, like this driven person that wants to reach the, the, the high points in our culture, like the idea that mm-hmm. I want to be the boss or I want to be the one in charge or I want to be God, you know, in our context. And for me, God is my boss or the person who gets to call the shots. But that's not what we're getting at here. What we're taking this is like a step lower and saying that the idea of wanting to be God is being in control even of our own lives. Yeah. And that and that doesn't mean that we have to have this idea like I want to like, it's not like I have this like super crazy desire to achieve. It's like, I'm the one that needs to look after my family. So as a dad, I've got to earn the right amount of money or I've got to work so that I can support my my sick child or you know whatever, all of those motivations they still at their root have this idea of control. So like control is not just about, you know, that, you know what I mean? Like it's kind of a, it's, it's actually something that we all struggle with, even, even when it's disguised as something else. Yeah. Like what is our, what is our vision of the good life? Yeah. And and it looks different for all of us. And for some of us, it looks like this corporate ladder that we climb and sure. uh, But, and I get that kind of like, well, that's not me. So maybe this doesn't apply. You know, I'm not super busy, but, but even then, all of us have this picture of the good life. Yeah. And what we're saying and what God is saying to us is like, a seventh of your week is mine and I am in control. And like, I mean, more than a seventh of my week, obviously, <laughs> but like, but like to the point where like you, you need to rest. Um, yeah. And there is a, there's a really unique tension because as much as Sabbath is a gift and if we trust that God knows what we, what we need, um, you know, we can see it that way. Uh, but at the same time, it is uh, it is kind of a, a tension point to be able to hand that over really to him and mm-hmm. to um, you know to 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 kind of engage in, in in a practice like that that isn't necessarily easy. One of the things we talked about on Sunday, and I think it's an important reminder for us as we go through all of our spiritual practices, but particularly things like Sabbath and solitude and silence and simplicity and things that are. Um, you know, things that are kind of a resistance practice is that we don't always feel great mm-hmm. when we start trying these things, you know, because it's a, it's a, it's a kind of a different way than what we're familiar to. And it, it is a sense of giving up some control. And so, you know, I, I was kind of taking a few minutes to warn people, you might feel frustrated. Yeah. You might feel some sadness as you try to do this thing that's supposed to bring you incredible joy. Why am I feeling sad? You might feel a little bit uh, angry or, you know, me, sure, maybe you're excited. But I think there, I think it's quite normal to feel some of these different emotions because we're dealing with this um, kind of submissiveness, this kind of surrendering. And that's always kind of a difficult process. So, like, yes, we're supposed to put aside our work work. But there is work in, you know, spiritual yeah. formation and yeah. we are putting energy into it for sure. And you, I mean, you talk a little bit about the, the frustration and the difficulty. Okay. All the cards on the table here, guys, like what were we doing right before we pressed record on this podcast? We were talking about how we 
you know, we fought this one through with our families yeah. this week and we're not going to get into the details because we love our families <laughs> uh, and it's as much our fault as theirs, I'm sure. But like, I, yeah, I think we've experienced that and we're, we're trying that. And, and I don't think it is a hundred percent my fault. Oh, okay. just, <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> just to be clear. Oh, so Paul gets to pull that card. So now Chris <laughs> yeah, and I yeah, look yeah, well. yeah, sorry, it was only you guys, 50%. But... <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, you know, it's been an interesting experience. Uh, I've been practicing Sabbath kind of as a solo endeavor uh, for a while. And this was kind of the first opportunity really as a family to commit ourselves to that. And it's been great conversation. I've been so pleased at how we've been able to talk about it, but we've had a lot of like opposition internally. And externally, like, you know, one of my kids has a part-time job. And so they work at different hours than, you know, my wife and I work. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there were other activities that came up that, you know, were options for us to be a part of. We had to weigh all that stuff out. Right. Um, and so that was the external stuff. And then internally, there were so many questions about like, well, can we do this and can we not do this? And and there was this weird thing where like everyone was kind of asking about the rules and the right and the wrong. Well, we never talked about rules. You know, we just talked about, you know, let's let's make one or two commitments and we're, let's not worry. Let's not make it too burdensome. But it kept coming back to you know a lot of questions about, you know, what I can do, what I can't do. And so there was lots of, I would say, like some places of tension, some places mm -hmm. of beauty, but it was like a unique experience. Um, there was even at one point when, you know, just things weren't going to plan mm -hmm. uh, in terms of what we had set out and it, it just felt like there was spiritual opposition even as we were trying to commit to a good thing that there was like these forces at work that were preventing us from really doing what we wanted to do. So, I mean, let's, let's talk a little bit about that and let's, let's have fun by quoting the Bible doing it. So, I mean, Jesus at one point is out healing people and, you know, the religious leaders come and they're like, well, you can't do this on the Sabbath. And, and I've heard that passage used because Jesus kind of is like, well, yeah, I can, right? Like, I mean, there's, there's more to the interaction than that. But um, yeah, we look at that and we're like, well, Jesus worked on the Sabbath. He was doing good. So like, you know, I've got to care for my sick family member. I've got to like give, cook for my kids. I've got to do all of these things. And we, I think that's an easy passage to be like, well, we, Sabbath isn't a command. Jesus didn't practice it the way the religious leaders wanted. Therefore, like no rules. We're just going to do whatever. Um, how does that tension fit into things here? Yeah. What was that quote you said, Paul, in the first week about the Pharisees? Yeah. And so the the passage in Mark says that the Sabbath was um, was not made for, or the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Yeah. And so in ter it uh, translate, I think in the in the New Living Translation, uh, made it really clear that the idea is that what had happened in the New Testament time is that the, that the Pharisees had made the Sabbath into something that was just a list of things to do and rules and fences put up and all those kinds of things. And and the point that Jesus was making was that, you know, the Sabbath was made as a gift for humankind. The the Sabbath is is designed for your benefit. It's not it's not something that you need to keep by doing all these rules and stuff. And so yeah, that was the kind of the the connection point. But I I, uh, I think that we we often fall into the same patterns uh, today in terms of, and I think, and I think, you know, Chris and I have been talking about this even, you know, just this week is that, is it's interesting to us how quickly people move to the rules. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's, it's like, yeah, 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 I hear all this stuff. Yeah, you're saying all these things, but tell me what I have to do. Right. And what I can't do and what I can do, you yeah. know, it's like, it's like, give me the list and I'll, and I'll, I'll crush it. I'll, you know, I'll do it. Right. And it's like, that's, that's not it either. Right. right. So it's, it's, and that's, so, and I'm a rules follower. So like, I, yeah. and I really like being told like, this is what you do. Like, I, I, I really appreciate that. But the reality is that that won't work 99.9% .9 of the time in spiritual formation because 
you know, we just don't have enough willpower yeah. to like do all those things. Yeah. So there has to be a slow process of, of living out these changes, reflecting on them and doing them together in community so that we have a hope yeah. of, you know, aligning ourselves uh, to the way of Jesus. The caveat that I would say there though, I think, and I think we mentioned this, I had read this somewhere is that, is that willpower alone and hard work. The problem with that is that it does work for a very short for a little period while, of time. Maybe. Sure. Yeah. And that's, I think that's what gets us tripped up because like right. we, it's like, I can do this for like a little while and I feel good cause I'm doing it. And then it, but it hasn't, I'm not changed or anything on. And, and so it just, I just go back to old patterns so quickly. So that's why I think it's really important. It's just about taking on slow one yeah. degree changes, not worrying about a list of do's and don'ts. I think that's, that's less helpful. We're still pursuing joy mm. in the Sabbath. And so that should be a, a key goal that we have when we're kind of laying out a framework for our Sabbath. So you, you said one thing on Sunday that actually made me pause and, and go back and listen to it again. And I, I think I get it now, but I want to bring it up here. You said, plan with the person you are in mind, not the person you will be in 10 years. Right. Uh, and you've also said repeatedly, like, think about who am I becoming mm -hmm. when I'm, when I'm developing any of these practices, which those uh, kind of on initial listen on both of those, I was like, are those intention? Like if I'm right. planning with the person I am, not the person I want to be, how am I thinking of who I want to become? Sure. But like, can you, can you tell me how those fit together? Yeah. Well, when we talk about spiritual formation, we talk about, you know, thinking about who I'm becoming or who I want to become. And, uh, that's because we believe that God gives us, um, deep and honest and authentic desires to be more like him. And so we want to, we want to kind of plan with that in mind. What I mean though, when I say to, you know, take on practices, not with who you are, want to be in 10 years, but who you are today, mm -hmm. it's just the idea that, um, you know, if there's a list of 16 possible things that we could do in terms of a rule of life practice, you know, we might be, we might be doing those things in 10 years or 20 years or 30 years, but we're never going to do those things tomorrow if we're starting at zero. Right. So the idea is they want to be just taking on things with the way we are now in mind, still with a vision of who we want to become. But when it comes to those practices, those activities, we don't want to be taking on everything all at once because that's just not going to be helpful for us. Does that, does that help yeah, you clarify? That, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Great I, question. I think we should get in a little bit. You, you left us with the, the kind of the three things again, plus mm -hmm. the stretch practice. So first thing, we touched on this already, take some time to prepare, uh, which I think is good. We Again, we've hit on this a little bit. Um, and I think it's good for those of us who are worried like, oh no, doing the Sabbath will prevent me from getting done what I need to do. I've got all this stuff I need to do. And, and I think yeah. that's like, it's a bit of the human condition, I think. Yeah. But I think if we, if we go in with intention and we say, in our house, it is doing the dishes, it is making a little bit of extra food, it's making sure things are cleaned up, the chores are done, so that when we hit Sabbath, we're not thinking about doing that. Um, yeah. Anything you'd add to preparing? Yeah, one? and I would just say, first of all, it's not a one-size-fits-all. Yeah. And again, I keep saying this, but I think we're struggling to really embrace it, but we just want to start really small, really slow with these things. And so, you know, don't expect to have it all figured out in a week. That's uh, mm -hmm. just not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, I heard a great story, unrelated to Sabbath, uh, just about someone I know who has a friend that them and their roommate, they would always come home and do an hour of tidying on Thursday night. 
Mm. And the reason they would do their tidying on Thursday night is because when they came home on Friday, they wanted to be able to not have to worry about cleaning up the house on the weekend. Right. Right. It's the same concept. You know, it's just, it doesn't have to be a long time. Uh, but for me, I, I do laundry for the guys in my family. Uh, we kind of divide it up that way. It's just the way we choose to do it. And I usually leave it to like Saturday or Sunday night, last minute before the kids had to go back to school and they need school clothes. This week, I just, I went downstairs when I got home on Friday and I put the laundry in and I folded it that night and had it done. And I don't know if I'll be successful and do it next week, but that was just me taking a bit of time to prepare. Normally on Friday, I want to collapse. I just want to be, I'm already mentally preparing on the drive home. Like I'm doing nothing tonight because it's yeah. Friday. Yeah. And I just kind of reshifted things a little bit so that I could have, you know, a bigger breath of fresh air on my Sabbath and not have to worry about that. And it worked for this week. So, you know, it's something I'll probably try and do again next week. So those types of things yeah. help us to prepare a little bit um, so that our Sabbath can be, you know, more restful. Okay. Uh, the second one was pick one or two things to say no to. Right. Yeah. Well, give me Give me some examples, guys. Well, I think, you know, for these are particular cultural things, I think. Um, and so, you know, it might be social media, uh, maybe for that period of time. Uh, for those who are really brave, it could be turning off your phone completely. It could be just not going shopping. You know, we live in a culture where we can go and pick up a few things anytime and right. you, know, you realize you're out of milk or whatever, or you need those couple of onions for the, the meal. So, you know, if you, if you use your preparation well, that also helps, but it just might be saying no to doing some of those things that are very normal things that anyone else would do during that time. Yeah. And again, I think it's a good, good note like this it takes time. You're not going to do it right. right. And like, don't beat yourself up. Like if you, if you try to prepare well and you find, Oh no, I need milk. Like, yeah. 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 That's not a big deal. No, go get milk. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, and then number three, spend some quiet moments with God. Right. So, you know, obviously we're, we're working towards this full understanding of Sabbath and this idea of delight and worship and we're going to get there. Yeah. But I think this is just a great step that, you know, again, having some intentionality around Sabbath that, um, we might just have a few moments where we could show gratitude. I think that could be a big part of Sabbath as I'm enjoying a great meal, spending time with wonderful friends, going on a walk in the beauty of creation, mm. just to return thanks for those things, I think mm. could be a wonderful way uh, to, 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 no wonderful thing to include on a Sabbath. Uh, this also might be a time where if you are feeling kind of some hostility or opposition or frustration or some failure around the practice, just to be honest about that, mm. Um, just to sit with that for a few minutes, sit with the emotions and reflect on that and offer that to God and just ask the Holy Spirit to help to kind of interpret that. So again, this could be five minutes, this could be 30 minutes. I mean, this could be as long as you want it to be or as short as you want it to be. But I think it's just a way to kind of reframe what the day is. It's not just a day again to just like recover from exhaustion and like, you yeah. know, and then hope we can survive again for next week. Mm. There's just a little bit of intentionality to invite God into the process of rest. And so that's why and I was maybe, encouraging that. Maybe a real simple um, su you know, suggestion here is some, for some of you, you may want to make Sunday morning your right. uh, your time where you enter into Sabbath. That's kind of your opening, your more, your ritual that kind of begins that day for you. And I would suggest, you know, like as as we're singing the first song, as you're coming into the to the sanctuary, you're sitting down. You know, maybe that's a time for you just to spend some time in prayer and just saying, God, I give you not only this next hour, but the next four hours or five hours yeah. or three hours or a day, mm -hmm. whatever it is. And, and you know, make that a, a time where you bring all of that stuff. And maybe you can just incorporate it into that, that time of corporate worship. Yeah. Yeah. Even rolling out of bed in the morning and just saying, God, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I, I invite more of your rest. 
today mm-hmm. and taking a, a few moments rather than maybe looking at yeah. the the weather on my phone or my texts or whatever you know yeah checking all the notifications yeah. so i mean that and that has to do with the the stretch practice which was turn your phone off right, <laughs> right, which right yeah there was no audible yeah. gasp no this one week laughed be, at that but because, i think they were all laughing inside yeah, yeah. i think people were or maybe not laughing because i think everyone knows yeah that's right. just not funny that's because <laughs> okay, that's yeah, yeah. like we're not talking that's like right. yeah, yeah getting no anxiety sleep, producing getting no sleep is like ha 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 we can all joke about that but yeah. like when you actually start poking at things that we're all dealing with when it comes to the addiction to our phones right. in some ways that can be a little bit more painful than funny Absolutely. so yeah, and I, you know, I, I I suspect anyone who who is comfortable and regularly uses a smartphone is dealing with this. Uh, yeah. I'm sure there are people in our midst, uh, some of our younger people and some of our older people, mm-hmm. who either don't have smartphones or have never learned sure. them. And like, sure. that's a gift actually. And maybe observing them will help us learn the things that we can do instead right. of reaching for these shiny little rectangles. <laughs> um, but I want to talk a little bit about these shiny little rectangles yeah. and some of the things. Um, that I have found a little bit helpful. This is, this is an ongoing conversation in our house uh, with, with my wife and I, Rachel and I are always talking about how do we, how do we get better at not being on our phones? And we're not great at it. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, we can see neither of our kids have phones yet and they want them. And I'm like, I can see why, and I can see the habits you want. So like, you can't have them because I don't want you to look like me, right? Like that's basically what's going on. Mm -hmm. But we've, we've tried a couple things over the years, uh, and are, are trying a couple more, um, and I'd be curious to know what, what you guys have found helpful or what you're maybe thinking about trying to kind of help you in this. Um, uh, one of the things Andy Crouch writes about is actually the way that the color on our phones makes them really appealing. Um, so you can turn them to black and white, which seems like wild. Why would I do that? But actually, like, I've, I've turned my lock screen to black and white, and it's a reminder to me. It's actually like you know, smart Apple thing. It, it scrolls through nature pictures that I've taken every hour. It gives me a new picture. And so every time I look at my phone, just the initial look, I'm like, Oh yeah. The goodness of God's creation. And it kind of like encourages me not to go any further. Um, there, one of the other things we found helpful just with, you know, people are notifications and things coming in. So there's the, the do not drive setting. Um, and again, I know iPhones, I'm sure there's something similar out there for other focus, the focus. Um, and yeah, you can basically just set your phone so that like it sends a nice little message to someone. It can be whatever you want. It just says like, hey, I'll get back to you in 24 hours from now. Like, no problem. But like, I don't need to respond right now. And just to kind of break that cycle. Um, the other one, and I am fascinated by this, guys. I don't know if the algorithms were listening to us last week, but I had an ad while I was scrolling Instagram for an app that helps discourage you from accessing social media apps, <laughs> which is like the ultimate, it's great. Uh, but it's an app called one sec and it supposedly I have it downloaded, but I haven't had the courage to like open it and <laughs> implement it yet. It prevents you it just, it holds you back for two seconds when opening the apps that you select. And it just says, Hey, you've, you've opened this app 36 times today. Just give us a second. Okay. You can get in now. And they, they say, right, their, their sales pitch is like, this is scientifically proven to like help you break that addiction and like remind you just not to go that step farther. Right. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. If we can't figure out Sabbath, Apple will. <laughs> yeah. A little terrifying. <laughs> but I do it? think, I do think that though, and those things are so great, yeah. really, really helpful. And it reminds us that we're, we need it. Like we want it. The, the, like advertisers don't put things in front of us until they, when, unless they know it's going to sell or help us, you know, like, mm-hmm. and anyways, it, I just think that's interesting that, um, that so many things have been 
out there that are helping us understand our usage with our phones. It's uh, it's an interesting phenomenon. I've seen it on, on Apple quite a bit because that's what I use, but perhaps yeah. it's on other things too. But it's, uh, it's uh, yeah, there's lots of stuff out there that can help yeah. us. Yeah, those are some great suggestions. You know, whether that's for an hour on your Sabbath or for a 24-hour period or even just all the time, you know, to be able to use mm-hmm. some of those things to help yeah. us to get a bit of a break. Because as Paul mentioned, I mean, I've really been learning in my own life that, you know, the smartphone really is, has become an addiction. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we need to, you know, take action, I guess, to, to fight things that are addictions for sure. It's not easy. Any closing thoughts for us as we talk about rest and resistance this week? Yeah. I mean, I, I would say, uh, there's a, there's a fine line, I think, between anxiety and curiosity. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so as we're thinking about, mm-hmm. um, you know, entering into practices that might be new to us or might be creating a little bit of fear or uncertainty. I guess I would just encourage uh, people to really try to evaluate if we're feeling anxious about that, which is totally normal and okay, would it be possible just to kind of lean to the curious side a little bit Um, Hmm. and just to, you know, try it, um, you know, no one's testing you on this, you know, this, this is a completely an invitational thing. Um, but just to try it and kind of see what the experience is like to, to spend a few minutes reflecting on the experience to maybe try it again next week and, and just see where it goes yeah, uh, rather so than good. allow anxiety. Cause I think uh, many of us will feel anxiety about these types of practices. Don't allow that to rule and prevent you from potentially doing something that could radically transform your life for the better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I am so looking forward to uh, more conversations here with you two about this uh, and more conversations with anyone who's listening and anyone in our church. And we would love uh, to hear your feedback, to hear your questions, to to hear your anxieties and your curiosity around Sabbath. Um, and we've got two more weeks of this. So we've got lots left looking forward to, to explore. Thanks, guys. Thanks, uh, thanks for listening along to Postscript. We will be back next week with more.